This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joire, and today is Friday, November 19th, 2021. And I have Eric Fisher of MediaTek and TKB YouTube creator extraordinaire. Yes. And so we're at the MediaTek Summit here in Laguna Beach, and obviously there's been a whole bunch of announcements, Eric. Uh, let's do kind of like a, a bird's eye view of the announcements and also kind of where MediaTek fits into the tech ecosystem right now. Because I think you guys have touched on so much stuff. It's so exciting to me. Yeah, it was a, it was a busy week, right? So yes. the biggest announcement of the week was our, our flagship SOC for the smartphone market, our Dimensity 9000. Right. Extremely excited about that. We think that uh, that's going to set a completely new benchmark in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're talking, you know, the, the new ARM cores, the Cortex-X2. You're talking 18-bit ISP, um, you know, the new DDR uh, memory as well. You know, I think it's going to give our competition a run for their money and yep. uh, really make make us uh, a mainstream player in the marketplace with this flagship product. So we're really excited about that. Uh, additionally, we talked about a couple new products with our Wi-Fi 6E launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the marketplace, as, as customers are really starting to ramp new products with Wi-Fi 6E, we're well positioned to take some market share there. Um, and all those home devices that you love and know from companies like Amazon and Sonos and you know, your exercise bikes, uh, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited about the new launches there. Um, and then in addition, the Companio product line as well as we yeah. start to move out of the entry level Chromebook space and into kind of that mid-tier Chromebook space as well with mm-hmm. our new uh, ARM-based Companio product line. So the Companio uh, 800 and the Companio 1200 yeah. devices. That's a pretty broad portfolio. And so have you seen a lot of growth in 2021? I presume it's been a great year with all of us being at home most of the year. 2021 has been an amazing year across the board. Mm-hmm. For the semiconductor industry, right, it's been roughly just over 20% growth. MediaTek's going to grow roughly about 60% Wow, from yeah, 2020 wow. to 2021. Yeah. And it's not just in smartphones. Mm-hmm. That is a massive amount of our growth because we've launched a ton of new products in that space. Uh, but it's also in our intelligent devices business group, which is all of your home automation, smart home, your mm-hmm. Wi-Fi connectivity um, products as well. Our TV business continues to be strong uh, in 2021. So overall, we have had a stellar year. Um, you know, if you look back in 2020, we closed the year at about 10.8 billion. I think 2021, the analysts have us forecasted roughly at about 17 billion. And then we expect some some nice growth in 2022 as well. So let's talk about each product category and kind of where MediaTek fits in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that TK has memorized most of the Dimensity stuff, which is great, because <laughs> I know that's not your your most your biggest area of focus. But so let's start with that. I think that's for us as some as reporters who cover mobile mm-hmm. phones, it's obviously the biggest announcement. The fact that MediaTek is really, you know, doing the F word. We've been uh, the, the theme <laughs> of right. the conference. I love that one. Um, yeah. Flagship for those of you who get out of the gutter. Okay, yeah. like uh, so, flagship. You know, in the past, has always been a bit a bit middling in the industry. Like, you know, some people define it as something that we in in the tech media don't always see. Yeah. And so for once, where I finally have MediaTek coming out, guns blazing, saying, we're making a competitor to whatever Qualcomm's doing next at the flagship level and whatever Apple's doing at the flagship level with their own chips. And so that's super exciting. That means we're going to start seeing phones which, you know, are right up there with the absolute best Hence that flagship board. So that's a very exciting, right? It is. And it's been a long road for us, right? So, you know, we have, we've got a, our CEO came in about four years ago, Rick Sai, mm-hmm. and said, we're going to lead this space. And so we started creating all the right IP. Rick mm-hmm. talked about during the summit, right? Yeah. Investment, investment, investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're starting to see that investment pay off. The first four nanometer SOC for the cellular market is from MediaTek. Right. And not from the other competitors, from MediaTek. So we're pretty excited um, about that. That Dimensity is, you know, again, the most powerful chip we've done, the most powerful camera, Mm -hmm. right, that we've had in place. A lot of Um, You know, the most memory, the fastest memory. Um, So we're we're really excited about what it means for us to be in the flagship space. 
No, I think it's super cool. And, you know, four nanometers means, again, an, a scale and efficiency, mm-hmm. power consumption. Yep. As you scale up, you know, more intense application on these different processors. And so we have a, an X core, right? X2. Yeah, 3.05. And then we've got three mid-speed cores and four low-speed. Three, yeah, three 710s and then four 510s. That's right. Three A710s and four of the A510s. Yeah. And then in terms of GPU, you got uh, Mali G870, right? Yeah, it's the, the uh, Mali G710. G710. That's the one. Couldn't get that off the top of our heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I mix up my Mali's all the time, frankly. So, um, and then there's the big news in the ISP, I think, is that it does 18 bit now. So, and triple. It's a, and it's triple. A, yeah, triple ISP yep. and 18 bit. So, it's, it's a big shift um, to photography, low light photography processing. And then when we talked about when they talked about the memory today, it's also the capabilities that you're able to do with uh, optimizations and improvements. Right? right. So let's tangent for a second into that because yeah. you have a you had an announcement with Micron. You know, uh, came on stage and talked about how you have finally like it's real. It's been testing. It's happening. Yep. DDR five X is out there. Seven point five gigabits per second. Yep. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Bandwidth. So the nerds watching and listening right now, you know what that means. That means faster things like low light photography. That's right. Um, faster, basically anything that the requires the CPU or the the processor in general, the GPU, or in fact the you know the uh, the neural cores, mm-hmm. the AI cores, AI cores to access data and RAM and process it and bring it back and process it and bring it back. Um, when I worked in video games on various consoles, that was always the bottleneck as well, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the G- the G- CPU wanted something done and the GPU wanted something done. They were sharing memory and it was always a problem in some platforms. They weren't sharing memory, but then, yep. you know, you had to do all a shuffling around of data and Absolutely. that still happens. You can't really avoid it. But the better your cache is implemented and mm-hmm. the better your memory bandwidth goes, the better the performance. You know, it's like when you switch to an SSD. I mean, most of us now on SSDs on our computers. But think, yeah, for those of you out there still standard. on a spinny disk, if you switch to an SSD, <laughs> you're going to really notice the difference, right? Now, I know it's not RAM, it's storage, but... And then what else do we have? 5G, of course. Um, there is 5G sub-6 right now, and you are promising a millimeter wave implementation in 2022 at some point. So we've got a, a, a key partner, a key OEM brand. It's not announced yet, but we got a key OEM brand that we will launch in uh, early second half, 2022, mm-hmm. okay. um, with uh, Tier 1 carrier here in North America. Fantastic. Um, but sub-6 is still our primary portfolio, the breadth of our portfolio. Right. And for the U.S., it's kind of a mix, right? You got AT&T's okay with... Uh, Sub six and Verizon wants millimeter millimeter wave. T Mobile still on sub six. Yeah, uh, all of Europe is sub six still. So we're well positioned in the overall market. But you'll start to see more and more capability coming out from MediaTek around millimeter wave as we partner up with some OEMs to to service Verizon. Yeah, I mean it's not critical on a phone. I think today, even in the U.S., but I think that if you are trying to, you know. Out Qualcomm, Qualcomm, and out <clears throat> Apple, Apple. Yep. It's it's a checkbox you need, right? Yep. So yep. I'm glad it's coming. I'm super excited about that. Do I dare that it'll be called? I mean, I'm making this up. Dimensity 10,000 or 9,100 or something. But um, yeah, we were saying 9,001, 9,002, but we figured that was a problem with some ISO qualifications somewhere. Oh so. my God, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, right. So, okay, so that's that's kind of a pre good overview of what we're doing with you're doing with Dimensity 9000. Well, and then the other thing that I really appreciate about it, so they, they're implementing Dora the same way they implemented with the 1200. Mm-hmm. So if you guys remember when um, when we saw uh, OnePlus releasing the 1200 AI, and then you had the yeah. Super, and then Nord you had the Nord 2, right? And then, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I love the fact that they're able to do that customization by OEM. So it does look like it's a much closer relationship than the one-size-fits-all approach that we've seen. And that's a very nice approach. And they, they are promising that to be with the 9000. So the, we're going to see variants. We're going to see special custom. And so the, we are going to see some uh, versions that will be working specific and optimized and so on, which is exciting. Because, yeah, you know, absolutely. The 9000 is the base. My uh, audience had I'd been asking me about the Vivo X70 series. And because, you know, I, I love their previous products mm-hmm. and the X70 Pro the is a 1200 a, also Vivo. customized. Yeah, 1200 And um, that's actually the one they sent me. They didn't have any Pro Pluses to send me. So they sent me the Pro. And there you go. Another Dimensity 1200 phone in the, in the basket of phones at home. It's absolutely exciting to see 
where we were with the 1000 where with 800 series and then we went to the 11 and the 1200 yeah um it was it's already a leap to start from that point of view and you know getting most of 2021 and seeing so many devices released with it yeah. um and then now literally making us look really anxiously to see what comes out of 2022 and how soon can we get our hands on it you know anything with the d9000 in it so it would be to me, that's what that's what I was thinking. I wanted to go up there and ask us, like, so when is the first phone? Well, we all ask that, and right now that's up in the air. Still, I know. Right? I Obviously, know. you know. I love to know. I yeah. just love. To, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask questions. So, Eric, we want to talk about the rest of the, the portfolio. So mm -hmm. let's go next to for me the second more important thing, which is Companio, right? Mm -hmm. So the yep. chips used in Chromebooks and in Android tablets. Yep, yep. So obviously that was nothing majorly new announced in this event, in the sense that the eight hundred eight twenty eight twenty eight and the twelve hundred have been already mentioned in the past. But at the same time, you've seen explosive growth, right? We have. I mean, the especially with the. A lot of it initially was pandemic fueled, mm -hmm. but yeah. I think that's changing where this digital transformation where everybody wants to be online all the time with some kind of uh, tablet, phone, computer in their hands all mm -hmm. the time. So yeah. um, we've seen a ton of growth out of our key partners like Amazon, right? Yeah. So oh, absolutely. we've yeah. launched uh, several new generation of products, the Fire uh, Tablet HD, 8HD, the 10HD, mm -hmm. uh, the Kids Pro tablet is crazy successful for us. Yeah. Um, so we really have have taken a dominant position in the in the tablet space. Mm -hmm. uh, the Chromebook space is a new one for us, right? So we we kind of crept up from the bottom, snuck in there a little bit with hey, you're the, doing uh, pretty good with the Campania Campania chip, and the eighty one eighty three is in our entry level, and it has had fantastic reviews. Mm -hmm. um, I think you guys heard from one of my colleagues today talking about you know battery life of over sixteen hours, mm -hmm. right? Sixteen hours. I don't think uh, you're going to get anything from the big guy, you know, up in uh, the valley for 16 hours. <laughs> for sure. So for those of you watching this, the patrons who are watching the exclusive video, I'm holding here an Asus Chromebook that MediaTek's provided us here at the summit. And I haven't charged it since yesterday, and I'm more than mine. half, and I've used it almost the whole time for the whole summit. So oh, great. It's living up to it. I think this is the mid-range chip, whichever that is. 800? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's an 800. And uh, honestly, you know, I've, I've always been a big fan of Chromebooks myself, so nobody has to sell me on that concept. But, you know, I've, pl I've used Intel ones, I've used MediaTek ones, and frankly, I'm very happy with the MediaTek ones. Every one yeah. I've used is just, it's there for me. You know, as long as I don't go crazy with the tabs, like I would on a big <laughs> heavy duty, like this MacBook recording here right now. But it's a different experience, right? You're not looking at doing the same kind of work. Yeah, and if you remember, I'm curious to get your opinion as well of what do you think of like the display, right? And the size. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's I mean, it's we nice really have worked closely with our partners to drive size and weight out of these things, and yet keep the same level of display that you should be able to get in any level notebook out there. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, kids are doing video on them, but yeah. also kids are playing games on them. Right. right? My so, son goes to school on them. That, yeah. That's how, wow. I mean, the... the <clears throat> When you start saying, I mean, obviously the pandemic kind of fueled it. We know we were home, we were going, but uh, yeah, his entire curriculum is run on a on a Chromebook, Chrome That's OS, right. integration with Google services and running it, which obviously helps facilitate it. But jumping between apps, uh, sharing video calls, everything, um, and the, the the battery life. You're, I mean, and even you know, obviously ours is an older one. They don't. It's not the same uh, as the, some of the new generations. But um, I was very pleased with the capabilities and the. The just sheer horsepower that it does it's powerful enough to do all of that and then some yeah and you have the lightness the the, the easy to carry you can travel with it um and the one like you know so i got the lenovo not the asus one same concept very light very thin flips over i mean it's seriously versatile and just begs to be used yeah well that's the thing i love about chromebooks it's like honestly i'm more likely to pick up a chromebook mm -hmm. for around the house you know to mutter around to check my email to do something than Absolutely. a tablet it's if yep. i want real estate beyond my phone which is already a big screen yep. comparatively uh my pixel 6 pro i just go to a chromebook by default I like well i'm so, guessing you travel a lot yeah right so do i just and so you try to put a tablet on your lap on the plane it's impossible yeah right so having something thin and easy that looks like a notebook, feels like a notebook, but mm -hmm. acts like a Chromebook that's super light, yeah. really convenient, really yeah. convenient for the travelers. And, you know, for people already like in the comments here are going to go, oh, but, you know, what about the Internet connection? The thing you have to understand is for most of at least Google's ecosystem of websites, 
my Google Documents and stuff, you can do an, you can start a brand new document offline on a Chromebook without an internet connection Absolutely, yep. and start typing away. And the next time you have an internet connection, it'll auto sync. Yep. So you can actually work, you can get work done. I've flown, you know, I don't always have internet. If I can afford it and I have work to do, I generally buy the internet connection because mm -hmm. it's just a business expense. But sometimes I don't, the satellite's down, whatever, the mm -hmm. system's not working. And then if I'm on like a trans, oceanic flight for eight hours like i can actually write an entire <clears throat> review on a chromebook without being on the internet it's possible or so. plugged in you don't have to worry about the power oh that's the other yep. thing yeah yeah so okay next we have obviously the tvs there was a new chipset announced yes. today right pentonic 2000 yep. right and i'm kind you know i don't follow tvs a lot but the mobile tech podcast, anything remotely connected to phones. TVs are definitely connected to our phones nowadays. Right. So I feel like I, I learned some new things like 8K Dolby, Dolby, Vision. Hammer, Dolby Vision. I didn't know that was even a thing on consumer TVs. And it's 7 nanometer too, which is kind of amazing. because Power consumption doesn't seem like a huge deal for a plugged-in device, but well, at the yeah, same time, heat is a problem. And, thermals. you know, if you can have a little small electrical bill, because you have TV on all the time, you know. It, it, it's a very big um, step forward in the connectivity, but they're also focusing, I mean, for me, the, the most exciting part is when they start talking about gaming and streaming and, and also kind of um, keeping a look or at least a um, an outlook on online gaming and stream, you know, like Xbox Pass type of these type of online games. And they didn't say Xbox, but it's mostly like streaming online content. Um, it is. We're becoming a much more connected environment. And as you want your TV to be able to do everything you want, you also want it to be connected to everything you want. So I, I, I really like the, inter the interface and their focus on looking and bringing in fast frame rate, better quality images. Um, but did you see that? Remember the demo they were showing us also the yeah. of conference calling on like yeah. Duo? And I mean, I'm not sure like that's my thing, but I can see how some people want to do that. If you have a big family at the other end, yep. it's much easier to see them on a big screen. Yeah, yeah. And so what, what Tika is talking about for those paying attention is, is basically that it can decode multiple streams of multiple like Dolby streams. like Dolby 8K streams at the same time. Or, you know, your camera stream that you're watching yourself in the bottom corner, plus whatever TV you're watching that you're mm -hmm. sharing with the people at the other end, plus their video coming in. Those are three streams you have to decode. And, you know, one from the cable TV or whatever, the IP provider, one from your built-in camera, one from, you know, over the internet from whatever Zoom or Meet that you're using for the call. Yep. And all that, it gets decoded by the TV in real time. Now, some of it is, you know, only 1080p, but some of it is going to be 4K, probably like the, the football game you're watching. Oh, absolutely. As, as we get, as connectivity gets better, 5G and all technologies, just we're getting we're getting better compression processes done. Like they, they brought out NVIDIA in, the, in there with the LSS. Obviously, you know, the ability of downscaling the, uh, the, the stream down, let it go through faster and then upscaling it back. You're getting all of those processes done on literally on your TV at this point. It's yeah. like a mini computer. Yeah. But it, it's, it's focusing on simplicity and integration and making it the true hub. We all watched enough Netflix in the last year and a half, <laughs> uh, you know, to fill a, a, a massive, you know, collection. I, I, I can't. I, I, there is actually a lot of new things I'm waiting. But um, I, the biggest part is the fact that I had uh, the when I upgraded my TV is when I got to enjoy it. So new technology, 8K, um, you know, 4K, 120 hertz, uh, all the different capabilities. AI processing. I think that's yeah. the thing that the excites upscaling. me the most. Yeah. Because I, I worked on computer vision back in the day on medical imaging, mm -hmm. and you know, I know a lot of this stuff. And seeing it happen in real time on 8,000 line, you know, Instant. images or 4K even, where it actually like looks at the content and it goes, oh, you know, this there's a city in this corner and then there's a field in this corner and a tree in the foreground. And it'll segment the entire image and process the image using AI machine learn to enhance the picture quality specifically for each area. And it does this in real time, 120 frames per second at 4K, just blows my mind if you had told me 25 years ago when i was working in medical imaging that i was going to be the case i would have laughed hysterically I would, you know, no way you'll need a computer the size of this room Absolutely. and here we are running on a chip that's you know on the back of yeah no it's yeah it's well, amazing habits have changed right so you, we talk about the technical specs of it right but the pandemic changed the way people use their tvs right yeah. so now we want you know we we started looking at our tvs we did video conferencing where we watch movies on them and they're like that's not good enough so I think you'll see this transition. 4K is rapidly converting right now, which is where we've seen all of our upside in our TV business in the last year. Oh, yeah. um, there's several, several companies on the, on the horizon with AK sets. 
I think I talked in when I talked earlier this week, right? Our one of our key partners, Visio. That's that's right. us powering their 8K set. Um, and what also the trend also you'll see is more camera embedded. Yeah, of in course. These things right yeah. because yeah. you brought it up, Miriam. Right, the the family interaction. We're never going to use it for business, but when your grandparents live across the coast and they're not maybe necessarily healthy enough to travel or or they can't travel for some other reason. You want to see them life-size and you do that on these big TVs in 8K. And I yeah. think that's what people are looking to push to. And I would just ask, don't, don't forget about the Wi-Fi 6E capability in as well. Right? Oh, right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we should probably wrap up with that actually, because there's also as a separate thing, in addition to the fact that TV support Wi-Fi 6 and 6E, you are now having some new chipsets for Wi-Fi using routers and other devices that are coming out. And there's going to be a, a Wi-Fi 7 demo at CES, which I think is really exciting. There is. I'm, I can't wait to check that out. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, two new chipsets uh, for the Wi-Fi 6E and then the, the Wi-Fi 7, the collaboration. That, no no announcement as far as hardware yet, but yeah, obviously no. this is more a demonstration and uh, getting to see the capabilities of what Wi-Fi 7 is. It's, just, it's great to be that they're part of it. You know, MediaTek yeah. is, is in the middle of like faster uh, processors, faster RAM, faster, sorry, storage, and faster, you know, Wi-Fi connectivity. Everything 100%. you need. Well, there you go. I think we kind of covered... Almost everything that was announced here, most of the ecosystem, I mean, there's, of course, the, the smart speakers and the audio devices, the Peloton bikes. I yep. mean, there's so much more we can talk about, but we're going to run out of time. So, Eric, thanks for being here. and Appreciate you having me. and Giving know, us an overview of the whole shebang. It's been a fun week, couple days here with you guys. And yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, the F word is funny. The F word, I was like, okay, where are we going with this? And then, oh, okay. Nice play on words. You can always trust Kevin with yep. this stuff. Yeah, right? he's good. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much again, Eric. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, TK, what did you think of this? I, this is exciting. I mean, the fact... Okay, so first, I'll, I'll say this. Two years ago when we sat down and we talked about this, yeah. and a little bit of a background, obviously, the last time we did this together physically um, was literally at the last MediaTek Tech Summit. So we're getting a little bit of a... Not only do we get to see each other, we get a chance to sit down together. It's a family reunion. It is. It is uh, in, in many ways. Um, a lot of good information, a lot of good announcements, many sectors... Um, I don't know if you got a chance to check it out, but they had like literally 49 different pieces of tech sitting on the show floor, like on the, on the out part of it. I haven't yet. And like, seriously, they're in everything. They're in our, I mean, they're in microwaves, um, soap dispensers. Uh, I mean, even the, the, the toothbrush that they gave us, I was like, I totally did not think that that would make sense. But then I'm like, oh, we got a toothbrush. Oh yes. Sorry. <laughs> a MediaTek power toothbrush. Uh, but like you don't think about it that way. It, it, the base is LXX, uh, you know, activated, and it has a built-in speaker, so you can listen to your music when you're brushing your teeth. Little things like that um, is exciting. But then to see them jump, such a big jump in mobility, what they're trying to do, they're aspiring to jump into the game with a flagship. And like you know, they they joked about the F word, but the reality is, you know, we've all wanted them to jump up to that level for some time. I mean, like. You know, it's about time. Honestly, yeah, right. Like, about I, I didn't want to say that, but at the same time, because there's been a, it, it's been a somewhat of an understanding. Like you think you hear the word media tech, you always think, um, you know, you don't think flagship. You think, you know, cost you savings. Said, I always think 700 series Qualcomm. That's just, that's literally about that. The, the 1200 and the, and the 1100 kind of proved they were able to hang in the, in that mid 700 series, uh, uh, probably even close to more like an 855 or a little bit like yeah. a couple of years ago, um, you know, Snapdragon, but. What I looked at it and what I appreciate about it is the connectivity and the, the power consumption, the functionalities, everything. Literally, like you would not know you're not running on a Qualcomm uh, chipset. And that's what 1200 did. Yeah. You know, and the 9000, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they had. They talked a little bit about 8K and a whole bunch of different things. But I'm a little surprised they didn't have it. You know, Qualcomm always has. I mean, we're going to be in Hawaii next week for their big announcement. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, not next week, the week after. Um, and I think, I mean, Qualcomm always has like Xiaomi or somebody comes on stage and says, so we'll have, have the period. first, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, that's what they did last time, remember? We were there. Xiaomi said, um, even at the virtual last year, Xiaomi was like, we're going to be first, we're going to be doing it. And then... So I kind of wish MediaTek had done that a bit more. It seems... And yeah. I kind of wish I had deep dove more into the tech nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's a lot of number thrown, which I think is helpful because there's a lot of numbers to start with. So some of some of it was a little bit confusing. But some yes. of it was a little superficial. I think the reality is that they want. Here's my take. Mm -hmm. Hot take from Miriam. They wanted to be the first four nanometer. And so and this with, and this summit is already being scheduled for a while. So it makes perfect sense yep. to reveal it here. 
but I think it's a little early in terms of partnerships for them to have someone on stage. And it's also a little early to announce devices or anything like that. And more importantly, the lack of millimeter wave, especially for the US market, is, is needs to be remedied and it's happening, but not right away. And they're trying to, yeah, they, they always yeah. like to segment their uh, their announcements and then kind of like plan it. It's a planned release. And, um, you know, when we when we all decide to ask, like, when is the first device? And, you know, obviously they said first, you know, end of Q1 2022. So the reality matter is, yeah, we're probably not going to see anything uh, for some time. And what I really appreciated, though, is the the function that we got from them when they started talking about, um, you know, the integration, the functions, all the different, you know, um, I was going to say the, the Wi-Fi connectivity. I think for me, what's interesting here is that we finally have something that might actually be potentially in some areas better than whatever Qualcomm is showing us next. And in some, I think there's going to be parody, but I think obviously everybody's got their specialty, right? Yes. yes. And like I traditionally, I found that um, at least in my benchmarking, which just doesn't react, you know, reflect reality. I'm not a big fan of benchmarking, but for my hot hardware reviews, I do benchmarking, and mm -hmm. MediaTek AI side is always really good. Uh, they're yeah, no, no, right? They're they're not. They're they're pulling all the stops where where they're trying to go in here, and I think at the end of the day, we're probably going to get, like you said, in some markets, it's going to make more sense. But we're talking about fast cars. We're talking about fast processing, fast everything. Um, the announcement of four nanometer, I think, like you said, it was more just to kind of release the announcement. It's timing perfectly makes perfect sense. And obviously, you know, they're a couple of weeks ahead of the Qualcomm announcement. And we'll see what Qualcomm has to bring with them. You know, obviously, I'm sure Qualcomm is jumping in and doing a whole bunch of other things. But I was excited to see that the the, the gap that we had between the 11 and the 1200 and where everything else was running, you know, triple ISP, we had 18 bit, we have um, you know, 8K processing, encoding, decoding. Uh, we're talking about, I mean, even 180 hertz on a 1080p. That, that we don't even have that on, on yeah. Qualcomm side yet. But um, and then for, uh, uh, 2K at 144. So the gaming part of it that that got me really exciting because we were going to start yeah. seeing more capabilities. So yes, we don't have devices, which would have been very, very nice. And I again, totally would have totally jumped on those things and been playing as much as I can. Um, but their track record is proven there, and it is a big move. And everybody's going to make a Dragon Ball joke on it. So I'll insert that right there. If it's, why is it not over 9,000? Uh, well, that's kind of what I was, you know, wondering if they would touch on, like, you know. Yeah. Like, and then it's like, that was the most obvious thing that. But it, it, it's, a, yeah, you, yeah, I mean, I, I was, it's, it's, it is interesting to see what they have to, to do. And I think my, my only thing I would say is we need devices mm -hmm. because uh, the announcement is exciting. It's great. Um, but we need to see how it's going to be implemented. And I want to see the variations that they do. And we talked about it a little bit when we were talking a little earlier with Dora, but you're going to see custom versions of the D9000 re-released with OnePlus, Vivo, with Xiaomi and all of that. And that's going to be the exciting part. How do they put their own little flavor of optimizations done there? So like I said, it, it does seem a little bit more personal yeah. between the OEMs 100%. and the SSC manufacturers. So yeah, MediaTek, very different approach, very happy. See, now I'm using this as a tablet, this Chromebook. Okay, because that's uh, podcast topics, everyone. Um, so now let's talk about some other stuff because we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. And this, look, yeah. I could go on about the MediaTek stuff, but I think with Eric here, we actually did a pretty good overview. Yeah. I'm much more excited and interested by the Pentonic 2000 mm -hmm. than I thought I would be. It's not really my, my wheelhouse, but to see how everything that mobile has surfaced is starting to appear in in the car oh, processors, yep. in the TV processors, in everything. It's just kind of amazing. And, you know, it's even eating computing. Like the M1 chipset, various chipsets from Apple are showing the way of where computers going forward, you know? It's, and it, it's going to drive the, the, the industry to, to shoot more into mobile computing. And my hope is that we see a better implementation. And it just puts a little bit more pressure on Microsoft to trying to just get into it a little bit more. Yeah. And not let, you know, Chrome OS and Mac OS kind of like just squeeze them in because they're kind of like on they're the gonna need side. to really get you know themselves going with this uh windows on arm thing which they still have kind of seem to be humming and hoeing about you know we we saw what the major announcement was like a couple of years ago when we started looking at yeah, the Qualcomm. two years ago i know that's what i'm saying and it's we're just... not seeing anything no, you know hardware is like i'm not saying like the i think the qualcomm powered you know 8cx and 7cx Mm -hmm. uh, laptops and tablets or two-in-ones we've seen out there are some of them are very good there yeah. but they're not 
but it's not they're not let down by the hardware and Qualcomm side or Asus or whoever it might be. Yeah. They're let down by the OS. Side. OS. They're let down by Microsoft right now. And, and and I think it's also support also from developers on trying to support more um you know Windows on ARM type of an experience. So I think let's just see let's just say this. 2021 has been an interesting year. We've seen some improvements. Um Apple's definitely put the foot forward. We're trying to put in the MacBook Pro series yeah. into it. Um, and I will say I've seen so many people now. I want to try it myself, but um, I'm excited about the Chromebooks mostly because of the simplicity and the functions that they present, yeah, and the too. fact that they they surprisingly fit that need that we needed last year, and it's continuing. And you know, my son goes to school on a Chromebook, and uh, you know, when he's at home, when he's doing, you know, when we're doing things, when he's not in class, his homework is done on the Chrome OS. You know, the teacher interacts with him through Google services. Um, and I think that's just going to continue. I don't think that's going to go with the pandemic. I think the pandemic was the gear that we shifted with, and it's going to just keep going with it. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a bunch of phones that were announced this week, surprisingly. Yeah. And, and you know, some some good leaks and rumors, actually. I'm very happy about the leaks and rumors this month. I'm I'm excited to hear uh, about Yeah, we'll talk about some of those leaks. But yeah. So... Have you played with the Moto G Power 2022? I know it's 2021. You're not know, listening uh, yeah, to the yeah. podcast in the future, but it will be released in the future, available for you at. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, I did not get a chance to play with it. I, I saw the announcement, and um, unfortunately, I was not on the. I'm going to say the boondoggle, but you know the the, the group. Uh, but I'm excited to see actually the approach that they decided to go with. I mean, the it's. It's providing us a, you know, it still has like a, like a large battery. You're still looking at some of that, but it's focusing also on a different camera system, right? right? So they're shifting the approach, which is interesting for Motorola to try to do. It's like, I don't know if they're experimenting with the, with the, with the device or is it more, um, you know, I guess I didn't feel like it, it was a true successor to the last device we got. It's been it's, some time. It's an interesting thing. So I think I was very excited at the time when I went to the briefing in New York last week, mm -hmm. because I was like, the whole time I thought it was a 1080p panel. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm like, okay, it's an LCD. Set your expectations accordingly. I don't expect an OLED at that price, but I was like, 90 hertz. Great. And I'm like, 1080p. Awesome. You know, that, that's like, uh, the N100. No, the it's, N100 is 720. Like the N10 and the N200, the N10, yeah. right? Which are around that price point. This is a $200 phone with a Helio G37 from MediaTek, which is a 4G chip. So no, don't get too crazy. Not a 5G phone. But it's it, 200. You have to also set your expectations. Yeah, but there but, are some 5G. And also but US market 200. Mm -hmm. Because with $200 in India and in Europe and in Asia, you're going to get a Redmi or a Realme that's going to be, you know, 1080p, 90 hertz, yep. and it's going to have 5G probably on a Dimensity 700, 700 or exactly. Yep. But for the U.S., something you can go to any carrier and pick up, you know, subsidize or whatever, it's 200 is a really good price point mm -hmm. for this, for the spec sheet. So 90 hertz, I'm a bit bummed by the, by the, you know, the, the 10, the lack of 1080p, the fact 720p, but most importantly, the bezels. Oh my God. The, like, go to my YouTube channel. I done, did an unboxing video. Check it out. I'll link it in the show notes. There's literally a half inch of bezel where, you know, the, the display ribbon sure, cable yeah. is. And I'm like, I know I've seen LCDs that minimize this to some extent. I'm kind of blown away that it's that obvious. It's, you could definitely see the tailored, market approach to what this is intended to be this is supposed to be a feature phone it's intended to be like you said you know you may finance it but i think most people probably just buy it out right yeah right it's it's um i mean it is actually boasting somewhat of an interesting camera i mean it's like a yeah well that's what's got me excited it's, yeah it's, it's a 50 megapixel sensor one of the newer ones it looks like the the pixel bins up to 1.3 microns so i think it's they're 0.65 micron pixels. It's actually not bad. So my concern with that was, was wasn't mostly about the camera sensor. I appreciated uh, the pixel binning, but it's also going to be more about their processing. Motorola is known for being more um, like very minimalistic approach to Android. Like their approach to Android isn't very, uh, I'm not yeah. going to say a la Samsung or anything yeah, like that. They're it's, very, they're very pure, pure, as, right? yeah. as close as possible. So I'm looking forward to seeing some samples. I'm looking so forward to see some more reviews coming, kind of talking about the camera performance. Is it living up to that? Because you can put a 50 megapixel camera, you can put a 100 megapixel camera. So it's processing. I mean, my it's hopes are not very high just based on Moto's track record with cameras. And also based on the fact that I have a Xiaomi phone in my pocket right here, mm -hmm. the Redmi 10, oh, okay. which is a 50 megapixel equipped 4G phone that's even cheaper, 169 or something. Yep. And I'm pretty sure it's the same sensor. And you know how good Xiaomi's image processing has become over the last few years? Uh, pretty nice, pretty right? Nice. Yep. This camera's hurting. 
it's, it's not that good. It's, it's possibly worse than the 48 megapixels at the same price points where a year ago. You could see where the tailoring is being done. So the price I'm point is a little, I don't want to be negative about the Moto because I haven't tried it yet, but based on their track record, based on the fact that even Xiaomi can't get something that great out of that 50 meg, assuming it's the same sensor. Could be a different sensor. Cause and more than likely, it's probably going to be fine uh, realistically to, in certain scenarios. I, I think it's, when we look at a device in, in that price point, we need, we need to set our expectation at that price of point. Of course. Um, I'll say this, uh, the 1080 part is, does a little bit for me. I wish it was 1080 a little bit better, but realistically 90 Hertz is such a big move for most, from anybody that's in that price yeah. point that's upgrading to it. It's 50% improvement in performance and refresh. 100%. And anything you do on the device is just going to feel faster. It's going to be nice. It and, is nice. And yeah. So that was nice. The 90 Hertz, the 50 megapixel could be good. If and a large right. battery, still 5,000. And of course, 5,000 milliamp hour. Which, by at... the way, it should be the standard. I think at this time. I agree. 45, maybe 5,000. You just need to hit 500. 100%. And yeah. with a Helio G37, can you imagine how long that's going to go? Like three, they promise even three days. Nine, yeah, even at 90 Hertz, it doesn't matter. It'll still, this will be the phone you charge and you forget that you need yeah. to charge it. Now, there are some negatives beyond the lack of 1080p, which I think I'm just, you know, it's just me getting all uh, blocked up on that. But there is also no NFC, which is at this stage of the G family's life cycle. Like in the early days, the G Moto G series was a budget phone. Mm -hmm. Not all budget phones had NFC. I was willing to let it slide. Absolutely. Then NFC became pretty commonplace in that two to three hundred dollar price point. Oh, it's massive and, in Europe and, and other, other markets. They didn't too. have it. And then I was a little more annoyed. And every time I reviewed one of the G series, I'd point that out. Then the COVID hit, the pandemic hit. And I was like, surely every Moto G from now on will have NFC, have NFC in the US. Because we have to understand, those of you in Latin America watching right now, wherever you are, that's not the US, are going like, Miriam, what are you talking about? No NFC. All the G series have NFC. Well, not in the US. So it's a weird selection of uh, of removing, and it's a twenty cent part. Like uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying. So I'm very miffed by that because not only did they not do it for the last all the G phones in 2021, mm -hmm. but now this 2022 model doesn't have it either. And you know, uh, mono speaker. There's a starting to we're starting to see stereo on a lot of these phones. This One, Redmi 10 oh, that I have about the, yeah, stereo Redmi audio. and OnePlus has brought OnePlus, that down even to yeah, their end yeah, 100 and um, 200. So so you know. I mean, look, I'm not, if this was 189 though, I'd be like, yeah, but, but 200, it's so, you're going to say it's $20, three espressos in San Francisco. <laughs> but the reality is that, you know, they for have, me yeah. at $200, when I see what T-Mobile did with the Revel, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That's built by some non-known Hong Kong company, but it looks a lot like a TCL phone. It's not though. This, yeah. I, asked, I asked Brad, mm -hmm. I asked T-Mobile, it's not, it's it made by some company I've never heard of. That phone, 5G, Dimensity, I think 810 or something, it has, you know, NFC. It doesn't have a high refresh rate screen. It no. doesn't have a 50 megapixel camera. But overall, I used it on a New York trip in the summer. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of impressed. I was like, there was not a photo I couldn't use after a bit of Google Photos editing. Absolutely. And I think the, the concern, though, that I think Motorola needs to start looking is OnePlus is in the game. I think, right. I think to a certain point, we've had a, a market where... I think it was pretty much, you know, Moto, LG kind of like playing in that same playground a little bit on the on the lower end. But now LG is no longer in the game. But you also have to kind of keep in mind, look, OnePlus is bringing in better performing devices at a much lower, much lower form factor. And they're on carrier. They're on they're at T-Mobile. You go in, you can pick up an, an N100, mm -hmm. an N100, I think an N10. But you need to start kind of like, yeah, NFC after the pandemic should have been a shoe in for everything. Yeah. Because we all realize how much we do not want to take our credit card and touch and hand over and do whatever. Yeah. You just want to tap, walk away, and get it done. Yeah. Especially but, in markets where Google Pay exists, right? Like, I mean. It, it is. And then I think, so here's the thing. In Europe, it's a much bigger demand because they use it for their transportation. It's in their exactly. payment. And they've gone through many iterations of it. It's not a. It's not like something they're growing. We are starting, because of the pandemic, we became more aware of it. Yeah. Like the tap to go wasn't even a feature, feature on most of our credit cards in the U.S. till about maybe a year and a half ago. It's true. In Europe, everybody was like, and I was like, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, we don't know. We just tap and walk. Yeah. And now all of our credit cards have it, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyways, I, I'm with you. The NFC part, I think, is, a, is an important factor, um, not just for convenience, but it's also for, you know, Cleanliness, I think, to a certain point, allowing us to do contactless. 100%. So speaking of Moto, there's yep. another Moto phone that got released. This one, I didn't even know until I was researching the topics this week. Yes. Moto G71, which is going to be coming out in some markets uh, in Europe, for example. 299 euros, so 350 Roughly. US. Yeah, yeah, okay, listen to this. No high refresh rates, 
but OLED, 1080p, okay. 50 megapixel camera. That makes sense. 8 megapixel ultra wide, which by the way, the power does not have an ultra wide. I was about to say that was the other little two, thing. They two megapixel sticker cams, uh, yeah. macro that's going to be useless, no autofocus, any any depth sensor. But this has an, an 8 megapixel ultra wide. And most importantly, as a Snapdragon 695 5G SoC, which was announced recently, and we've never seen. This is the first one with it. Yeah, it seems like as uh, it, it, it's uh, something that is in, it, well. The six series, I think, uh, we are starting to see more and more devices come up with the six series, the seven series. We saw that you know the mid rangers, but six series is more a cost efficient, you know, price point, like you said, yeah. about three hundred and fifty dollars uh, with five G, which is exciting to see. I mean, we've yeah. seen. I want to say four series with 5G, so seven series, six series is definitely very nice. And 5,000 milliamp hour a battery and a very similar camera pod to what we saw on this Moto G Power. I think that at the briefing I was last week, they said that would be their signature new camera pod for all going on, like going forward, all Moto phones. All Moto phones. And this one has it. The same so, car, okay. So I don't want to talk more about this. I just want to point out there is now a phone with a 695 5G Snapdragon chip and it doesn't look bad for three hundred fifty dollars, honestly. I wish there was a ninety hertz OLED on this, but I can live with sixty hertz. Because may... honestly, I'll take a sixty hertz OLED over a ninety hertz LCD any day of the week. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Color representation, everything will look. And it's just the the problem with the high refresh rate LCDs is that they're just you know you get that weird like ghosting when mm -hmm. you have scrolling text, which you don't have on the OLED. All right, so that's that's one thing, and then uh, the next thing we have a whole bunch of rumors here. Well, first, before that, let's talk about Apple now supporting DIY repair. Right. Because re well, that yes. is exciting AF. I was excited. Okay, so... Um, you're not excited anymore? You no, were? I, now I, I, I mean, I'm excited too. Okay, so don't get me wrong. I Yes and no. It, it, this was something that, I mean, and, and I was talking to Juan Carlos yesterday about it uh, on, on our podcast, um, you know, hashtag uh, shameless plug right there. Um, it was... It's something that we've been waiting for. We've been asking for. There's legislation going around. You know, obviously Apple is feeling the pressure. We know why this came out. Right. The way it came out. It's definitely a political move. Absolutely. This absolutely. is not Apple wanting to do this. Well, yeah. Exactly. Right? This is yeah. The, the, so get that out of the way, and we'll we'll focus on the conversation. Hundred um, percent. The biggest concern, the biggest factor, or the biggest thing that we've been dealing with is the fact that you know they the ability of using a piece of hardware from another device to replace and fix your current device is just not functional, and Apple will not allow you to do that. I mean, even from a fully functional or maybe the LCD from an iPhone you know, 7 to another iPhone 7 exact model, just you couldn't do it. I think the approach that they're doing here is it's definitely, I appreciate the fact that we're moving in that direction. Right. Um, my concern that I'm looking at it here is the way they marketed it. So they're like, okay, look, we already have certified Apple repair facilities or people that are certified mm -hmm. to be able to repair. They have original Apple hardware certified. Um, and the benefit here is if you feel like you're adventurous and you would like to do that, you can go in and replace the battery. You can go in and replace the display. And I think I forgot what was the third one. I think it was uh, battery, display, and one more component. I can't remember, but yeah. it's iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 series very, very right now. And, and M... all the M1 Max. Okay. So did they actually say M1 Max or did they just say M1? Because I remember was, I saw there was say M1. I was thinking it's probably going to be jumping into the either the, you know, the iPads or something like that. I don't know. I think it's just a Max. Yeah. yeah. So, but my thing about it is, okay. Um, they're still not allowing third party, like other vendors, other manufacturers. You can't buy it, you know, the, um, a display off of, let's say, eBay to go be able to save yourself. Because you're, the main benefit here is you're saving yourself some money from the labor, right? Well, we'll see because see, they're giving us the service manuals and they're going to make the tools available so you can serialize the the, the, the new part the software. You so that was the exact. But so the question was... is, is that software going to let you take a part from eBay that's unserialized or already serialized? And reserialize to your think, phone, and I don't think that's how it's going to be. And maybe they'll surprise us. I so here it is. I hope that that's the conversation because, like I said, the biggest thing for me was like um, I had an ASUS, um, what's it called, an RG Phone Two, and I magically, and I'm not going to confess to any of that, but I, we broke the display. But it's a great phone, and I love it. I just bought a bought a display off of eBay, yeah. got it in, installed it, opened it up, put it in, everything, and that's the, that's literally one of the cost savings and. I appreciate the manuals. I appreciate the tools. I appreciate the certification process and all of that. Uh, but that was what I was concerned. Like, what happened if somebody does want to go buy a used right. phone to fix? Yeah. And I feel like what they're doing is they're still controlling the the, the approach. You still have to buy it from them. Um, and the facilities that you go to will have to buy it from them. So all of it still goes back to, you know, Apple. 
I think Apple. your concerns are legitimate, and yeah. I have those too. But I still think it's a step forward. Absolutely. Whether they did it for the wrong reasons or not, it's still a step I, forward. And, and I'm waiting for the USB-C on the on, on the next iPhone <laughs> as, as as much as the next guy uh, or person, you know. But, yeah, but uh, do you have eighty thousand, eighty-seven thousand dollars to spare? I wanted you know that to go one. On, that yeah, one yeah, on yeah, I know, I know. I saw that one. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, um, it it is exciting. Like I said, it's like uh, regardless of how we got here, I'm glad we are here. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say this realistically is because of how many times we see other OEMs copying from the Apple book. Yeah. So my goal, or hopefully, so we don't get to the point where we see other OEMs jumping in with the, sorry, you can't take it, you know, you can't fix your display by buying a piece. I, I don't want to get to that conversation. This shifts, this shift actually is helping us. So I'm happy with that. Yeah. All right. Some leaks. First, the... I'm on again, I'm off again, I'm on again, I'm off again. We're not quite sure if we're having a relationship, but maybe we will, maybe we're friends, maybe we'll be lovers. We're not sure. This is this sound familiar to those who've listened to the podcast before? Yes, I'm talking about the Samsung Galaxy F21 Fan Edition. The phone that exists but doesn't exist yes. and might exist but might be coming out, but we're not sure. And, so, it, and it's it's yeah, or or the, that it's fact that the well, I'm not going to jump. I'll let you. I'll let you steer the conversation. But the fact that we are literally at the end of the year and there is no more Galaxy Unpacked events. And it, well, so January. The latest rumors have been a yeah, January launch could say. be CES, could be something else. I mean, that did launch the S21 at CES last year. Actually, I was right. It yeah, went no, no, exactly. at CES. Uh, uh, yeah, in uh, quotes. Yeah, it's CES adjacent. But so it could happen. But the the reality is, this phone has been coming and then not coming and then coming and not coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, weird analogy, but you get the idea. Hence the on and off relationship joke that I keep making yeah. for so long. And we all want it. Like, that's the thing. We all want this one. We yeah. love the fan edition. So I'm looking forward to maybe having a fan edition in January. What we know so far is that it's exactly pretty much a carbon copy of the FE last time, that's the S20, mm-hmm. with a Snapdragon 888. So Probably the same triple 12 megapixel camera system that was really solid. Probably uh, maybe a slightly bigger battery, but the industrial design of the Galaxy S21 with that camera bump, probably glastic back the same, was charging the same. Probably Android 11. Probably Android 11. So don't get too excited because I have a feeling the S22s can't be far behind. No, no. Uh, so last year, we'll, we'll say this, 2020 and sorry, in the 2020, beginning of 2021, we saw a massive shift in how fast companies want to get devices to the market. So I know we're going to talk about, you know, uh, Qualcomm in a couple of weeks or so when we hear what they have to do. Uh, but the reality is there's still a good chance, you know, we're going to see devices. If Xiaomi decides to do it again, like it's going to be Mi 11, it's going to be Xiaomi. It'll be in China, but it'll be a device released with whatever the next SOC, the 898 or 989. What I think it's 898. Yeah. Uh, the rumored 898 rumored SOC. 898. Yeah. Uh, the next successor. Um, so yeah, the S22 could not be that much further back. I don't think Samsung would want... I do want, as an aside, to say that Qualcomm has an issue with their naming going forward now, so I'm not sure where they're going to go. Like, 898 sounds so cumbersome. Oh, I, well, so we don't know if it is. By the way, this is what we're anticipating, 888, so you jump into the next one. We, you know, it could last be 890 year had... even. Because, like, remember they did a 780 for Xiaomi. They have a 778, yeah. it's a 6 nanometer, and there's a 780, 80, which is a one-off. They did it only on the Mi 11 Lite, and it's a five nanometer version of the 778. It, it's a very, yes, it's becoming very, the, the waters are definitely muddied a little bit, but um, whatever number it ends up being, obviously we're going to see some improvements, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping, hoping thermals are addressed. Yeah, 88 I'm, thermals we, are yeah, broken. So that, I mean, honestly, oh. don't get me wrong. Uh, horsepower, perfect. But the throttling that happens after we're getting some heat when you're playing some games like Genshin Impact after some time, you, you are going to feel that. And Actually, believe it or not, that was one thing I enjoyed seeing what the D9000 was trying to benchmark against. They, they talked Genshin at 60 frames per second for about 25 minutes. That's a decent time for a phone to hang. I mean, if it's able sure. to hang in that much, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the performance. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. very much. I can't wait to see what, they, what we do. What, what we'll see do what happens. Um, more rumors. I'm a bit excited about this, I'm going to say, because I felt like the OnePlus 9 series this year was a bit of a bust. Mm-hmm. The 9 Pro is a great phone. It is, it's yeah. essentially an Oppo Find X3 Pro clone in many ways. I daily drove the Find X3 Pro and it's a fantastic phone. It's one of my favorite of 2021. Absolutely crazy, and I think yeah. the OnePlus 9 Pro is up there as well with that. But the 9 was a disappointment. The lack of OIS, the plastic chassis, mostly when you saw what the Nord 2 was like mm-hmm. with OIS, 
with you know a Dimensity twelve hundred at like what like a five hundred dollar price point, mm -hmm. and then now we have the I don't know if you know this I missed it in October somehow, but OnePlus released I think in China only a OnePlus nine RT. I also thought it was so nine R as well. Uh, T. Yeah, but the so the originally the nine R was an India release only. Correct. So in the and it was and an eight T yeah. with a Snapdragon eight 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 and the new industrial design exactly. essentially. And then this 9RT or RT is actually kind of blowing my mind. Also 888, yep. but OIS on the 50 megapixel Sony That's IMX 766. So basically they took a Nord 2 and put a Snapdragon 888 in it and they're selling it in China. I think we're going to start seeing more and more focus on uh, OnePlus and mostly because OnePlus and, and Oppo are getting very, um, let's say, buddy-buddy and very yeah, cozy. Sure. Right? Um, Software-wise, for sure. I think all of the devices, at least Hydrogen OS, the, the end of Hydrogen OS jumping into color OS and now that we know you know OnePlus is even using oxygen OS on top of color OS. So everything's literally color OS based. Yeah. Oppo's gonna be driving a big part of this conversation. I'm hoping we start seeing some of the improvements that we see in Oppo cameras bleed over. Oh yeah, to, because to, they're to, really to, good to, in my it, opinion. It, it is, and yeah. don't get me wrong, the 9 Pro is absolutely a, a really good device. I love the ultra wide, some of the best experiences 100%. in ultra wide. Yep. But I still felt like the 9X Pro, uh, sorry, that the FX3 Pro still performed a little bit yeah. better when it came to photography. I agree. Regardless Absolutely. of the yeah of the teles of the microscope camera and all of that, that's a different approach. But from a standard front facing, back facing video recording, even their little janky two or three x telephoto in there was actually pretty solid, despite the specs being very middling. Yeah. Um. So you know, I feel like you know the nine is the outlier bad phone of the higher end OnePlus phones this year. The nine R was solid. The 9RT is solid, yep. the 9 Pro is solid, and the Nord 2 is solid, and then the 9 is just like, well, well whatever, we'll make a phone for the US carriers, basically. It is absolutely, it is actually it's a, ridiculous it's a US that they, variant. To me, the fact that they yanked, it's just, I can live with a plastic chassis even though I don't like it at this price point, 729 come on. And it, look, the problem, the problem is that the elephant is in the room. It's called Nick, Pixel 6. Mm -hmm. Pixel 6. Pixel and 6, Google, metal, glass, Google, OIS. Google said, hold my beer at the end of the year. Hold my beer, they like, out OnePlus, OnePlus. Um, yeah. So, it was, yeah. 10 Pro leaked. So, I'm, yeah, some of those images that are coming up with the 10 Pro look very... Um, very interesting. Kind very of galaxy-ish a bit, the camera pod. A little bit. I felt like it was galaxy. They took the camera on the S21 Ultra and they're like, let's make it a little bit wider. It's a little square. Uh, a little bit squareish. I'll, uh, I'll show the audience here real quick. Yeah, I think, um, look, I, I'm excited about the specs I'm seeing here. Um, I mean, it's basically going to be the next... Qualcomm Snapdragon. Uh, more than likely, yes, exactly. Flagship, and then we're going to see supposedly a 120 hertz uh, 2K display, of course, like basically the same. I would like to actually see, I mean, if they're able to push a little bit more, maybe. The cameras you know, are the wild cards. That is the rumors of a 64 megapixel main sensor this time. That okay. seems a bit weird, but I'll take it. It doesn't suck. I, I would have loved to see them with the GN1. I would love to see more more devices come out with the GN1. The GN1 uh, is so good. It, it is just like Xiaomi hit it out of the park with that. And then I I was going to say I was going to pull it, but I left my phone on the other side there. Um, it's a great sensor. And I think we need to see more companies trying to focus on that and improve the performance there. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm more than likely thinking it's probably going to have a Hasselblad uh, relationship again because I don't think it was a one, one year. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, no, that's it. continuing. And hopefully this time... It influences the optics and the sensors a yeah, little. Yeah, a little bit more because than just modes. Like last year, they were very clear it was just color signs. And honestly, it was a bit of a, pardon the pun because of colors, a wash. <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah, that, no, absolutely. Oh, um, uh, see, as I'm waking up, things are improving. Okay. So, uh, look, we'll be there for this one. This is going to be US bound phone, the 10 Pro, 100%. We're oh, going yeah. to all be looking at this very closely. So stay tuned. I but I put it in here because I was like, oh, this is the first time we're hearing something that sounds pretty juicy. But you know what I'm more excited about that oh. also came along with the same rumors? No, which one? Please hold your horses. Don't get mad at me. Okay. OnePlus Nord N25 G. So, okay. the North American Nord, Nord version line that, we think, that yeah, yeah. is kind of janky, but the N200 was pretty good. They learned from their mistakes on the N10 and the N100, yeah, and this is the N20, so success to the N10. Yeah. This is looking really good, actually. Now, don't get too excited. I don't think we're going to see OIS on the main camera anytime I, soon because US market, but the industrial design looks really nice. 
right Whoa, this thing right here this, this okay they're they're copying on, nor, uh, they're they're bringing down the nord 2 and the first i'm gonna nord. bring it up for you on video who's watching um and this looks really hot to me and it's a flat slab it's looking like an iphone the size of bit. slab so i kind of love that design i think it, that's I, hot. it has a little bit of a flare of the uh but here's what you should be excited about remember we talked about the moto g71 with the snapdragon 695 5g that's what that has there and oh i'm so excited about this amoled 6.43 amoled with in-display fingerprint sensor now it. it's gonna be 120 hertz amoled you know that they would never go back to a non 120 hertz after having all oh, the end has 120 hertz. I, okay man that's that is going to be that so this might price? be their little gift to us they, they may be like we've been listening have a nord equivalent that the carriers will be happy with yes uh, and and not not have it but with anything else that uh, 48 point. megapixel main camera it's good if it's even the old imx whatever five eight uh five five, five eight six i want to say the five, five eight, eight six. six yeah i'm i'm on i'm on board that one is so well tuned i'll take it any other week and a per i don't expect a ys but i can live without a ys if this phone is 300 dollars, which is what yeah, the was, yeah, n10, n10, n10 was yep. oh my god this is gonna be sweet this it, value for us in the us right now which i really like i felt like when the 9 and the 9 pro at the beginning of the year we saw a massive gap because we used to have the 9 or the the lower the non-pro model be the mid-ranger yeah the mid mid-range pricing and then now we're like it's in the flagship price point um this will be very nice having selection and options and Seriously, though, even the last two versions of the Nords have been great. Like, I recommend them easily for anybody looking for a budget-friendly, capable smartphone that just runs fast. Um, Oxygen OS implementation, and we'll see how ColorOS influences it, yeah. um, is still some of my best versions of Android skins on devices. Just from the light sense and still having enough customizations, because they tailor the experience, right? You don't get yeah. all of the 9 and 9 Pro features, but you get like 90% of them, even some gaming functions, although... Again, not intended for gaming, uh, but I yeah no I'm I'm really excited to see some more Nords in the U.S. and I just want them to bring the Nord too. Like, this is just not gonna happen just, because I, the I price point is just yeah I mean I don't know what they can do about that I think that I hope that they see the Pixel Six this year and go like we need to go back to our roots yeah. for One Plus and that they bring us a One Plus Ten that's a direct competitor to the to the pixel 6 they, they with oys metal and glass just don't, not messing about while it's charging all the shebang and, and oneplus can do it they, and then can do, do the it 10 pro very much like this you make the 10 pro 300 dollars more if you have to like make a bigger disparity in price mm -hmm. because that'll be closer to a nord that we will never get yeah you know what i'm saying absolutely because the nord 3 will come out and we will be crying ourselves to sleep <laughs> saying we want this Every, phone and they just right? released the nord 2 pac-man edition i mean they're still oh my releasing God, more than yes. yeah i was like come on Custom editions, so yeah. And that thing glows in the dark. The back of it, the back panel is a glow-in-the-dark panel. I mean, obviously, it's a marketing thing, but they did that last year with um, Cyberpunk with the AT. Yeah, uh, I'll so. add that to the show notes. Yeah, very like fun. The, 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 the glow-in-the-dark OnePlus Nord 2. Um, Pac-Man edition. One last phone that caught my attention. Have you heard of Balmuda? No. Uh, Balmuda, I, I, with, the uh, Japanese uh, toaster maker. They make the most advanced sophisticated toaster okay well i have a cuisinart toaster i want to point that out to the audience that i really love is really high end spend a lot of money mm -hmm. it's like 150 dollars on a toaster i've never spent that kind of money on a toaster and i love it mm -hmm. but this this um this Balmuda toaster is 300 bucks and apparently it's, it's a toaster oven by the way and it's better it's the best it makes the fluffiest nicest toast the world has ever seen okay. because japan well i was gonna and they made a smartphone Oh, okay. Why not? Kyocera. I, I was like, why not? We love our Kyocera. <laughs> made a phone for for Bermuda, the toaster maker, oh, okay, for so. Japan. And it's really adorable. It's a 4.9 it, it inch display. It's, it's a tiny pocket size. Yeah, It's no. $900. It's got this weird concave, convex a little shape. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very cute. Dual cameras across from each other. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, let's see if I've got some specs here. This is a great... I'll link to an uh, article by Sam Byford at The Verge because I Sam just, lives in Japan. He's actually touched it. So. Okay. I was like, why, um, was like, why would... It, it's... Okay. For, I, I'll, I'll say this. I was not expecting when you say a manufacturer of toasters like in Japan, but I would imagine, you know, if there is going to be tech being experimented on and new tech to come out, Japan would be the place. Yeah. 
You so know? it's a 1080p display, not clear if it's LCD or, or OLED. I, yeah. It does have, it's a $900 phone, so, you know, they're not, like, trying to be cheap here. And the specs are not the specs of a $900 phone. But, you know, hold, hold your horses, because this is not going to be for everyone. Also, this is Japan, where things are strange. Yeah. Um, it, it so, um, let's see. At the thickest, it's 13.7 millimeters. So it really tapers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. has a very cool it's, shape. I think it's trying to marry the just the contour of our hands just to be more 48 rounded. megapixel sensor i think it has a dual camera system mm -hmm. in the back doesn't say what the other one is uh, six gigs of ram 120 gigs of storage again oh the battery are you ready <laughs> you flip users will be satisfied to know there's a phone with a worse battery than yours 2500 milliamp hour as okay you charge every six hours uh okay let's see what's the chipset though that's the thing we don't know let's see um, I'm trying to find it. Android 11, of course, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It doesn't seem to say where, it'll, where it'll the chipset is. Yeah. I it, don't see the specs. This is going to be one of those, you know, Japan-only type of experiences, but definitely interesting. I mean, I think it's a 5G phone, so because Japan has a lot of 5G. I, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Check it out. I, I just had to include that. Not everybody, like, it's not every day that you see a phone that costs... You know, nine hundred dollars of a four point nine inch like a, display. Um, just from okay, it I, yeah. So when I saw that in the notes when you were sending me, I was like, I did not hear about that one. And then I was reading as well. I was like, yeah, it's because you got to follow your toaster. I news. I I fell off the, the toaster bandwagon some time. Uh, you know, I've been uh, <laughs> going uh, Lebanese, you know, Lebanese Lebanese, all of that good stuff. Just enjoying, uh, you know, good good Lebanese cheese, but. Um, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. This week is busy. I know. I know. October is done. October is done, but November but doesn't it, seem to be letting no, off, it's, and, it's, and December is going to be, and then you get January, and like it's crazy. the second half of October. It's called October. October no. and and no wait, October and November. Yeah, November. We got it. Um, we're gonna make this work. TK, you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet, the various social handles, YouTube channels, and podcasts. Um. I'm I'm all over the net. Uh, if you haven't heard of what TK Bay is, you probably you know you're, it's easy to say just follow the beard. But obviously for the audio part of this, uh, uh, just uh, TK Bay or TKDSL eight six five five on Instagram and Twitter, and just TK Bay over on YouTube. And um, if you happen to speak Arabic, there's also Tariq Bay. Uh, that's also linked through my TK Bay channel uh, for the Arabic uh, for the Middle East, basically. That's a little project that started uh, about a couple of years ago. It's doing well. It's awesome. I love Thank that you. you just do the videos again and whatever. It's awesome. I. That's the best that we can. All right, folks, you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankrow. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. Like the comic book character, Tankrow without the vowels. Just drop the vowels. And then you get my Twitter handle and you get my Instagram handle. And the Twitter handle is important because if you want to talk with me and TK about this podcast, you can hit us up on Twitter. So Absolutely. remember our Twitter handles. And then just go, you're wrong about the G71. <laughs> um, and then uh, Instagram is where you'll find pretty pictures of phones, pretty pictures taken with phones, pretty pictures of cars taken with phones. Uh, it's, it's all a mess. And beautiful, beautiful sunset pictures taken from phones. That's, that's Especially it. since we're right next to an amazing, amazingly looking Correct, beach. correct. The podcast, as you know, lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. There's an RSS feed there. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, a bunch of other places. If it's your first time here because you're following TK, please subscribe. If it's not your first Absolutely. time here and you haven't subscribed yet, come on, <laughs> subscribe. And uh, yeah, if your app lets you rate or review the show, please consider doing that. That really helps. There's a couple of YouTube channels you should subscribe to as well if you want to see the unboxing of that Moto G Power. It's on there. That's youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast. And it's the main channel. So unboxings, all the devices that are pure phone and direct, you know, products that are near, near phones are going to be on there. We also have youtube.com slash mobile tech more, a second channel. And that's like all meta, all the stuff surrounding phones, like travel tech, car tech, home automation, maybe TVs now. Maybe they're not excited I, I, about I, I, it. I think, I think know, yeah, there needs to be an expansion into... Exactly, TV. Yep. Anyway, the point is, as a second channel, we need some more subscribers. Please subscribe to both, but subscribe particularly to the Mobile Tech More channel. That'd be great. Like the videos, comment, tell me in the comments what you think of these various phones. So I'll, I'll be there answering and answering your questions, okay? So two YouTube channels, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast, youtube.com slash mobile tech more. Please subscribe and we'll find you there. And finally, there's a Patreon. So those of you already watching this video know that you can get this podcast before the audio version, generally a day or two 
in video format. That's why, you That's know, new, we're yeah, doing yeah. it. It's nice, nice. And it's great because it's kind of mostly unedited. We'll just cut out the really bad parts, but you, you, you get like just the raw feed and you get to be with us and see us and get to see me show you pictures on my computer. Uh, and sometimes we have the phones to pull out, which is fun. So if you want to enjoy that, there's a great link you should follow. Patreon.com slash tankgirl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. Patreon.com slash T-N-K-G-R-L. We've got a bunch of different tiers on there. We've got a tier for Discord as well. I got Discord mm-hmm. server. If you want to chat with me, please hit me up, ask questions. Uh, that'd be great too. So if you want to help the podcast, consider Patreon. And for the tier that gets the video, you get a video a couple of days in advance every week. You know, it's kind of fun. So check out Patreon. And and I want to thank Roger M. It's not Roger Moore. I checked. That's not his last name. But uh, thanks so much, Roger, for joining uh, Patreon and supporting the channel. Really much appreciated. And yeah, I also want to thank Audible, our sponsor, longtime sponsor, audible.com. They're awesome. If you like books as much as I do, you like to read as much as I do. You know, sometimes you can't read, you're tired, you're traveling, you're in a car driving, whatever it might be. It's nice to listen to books instead of read them. And if you're like me, a big fan of books, then Mm -hmm. you're going to love Audible. Audible has a huge selection of books. A lot of books are read by the authors. Sometimes it can take 12 hours to listen to a book, which is great because you just break it down to small pieces and you kind of look forward to listen to the next piece, just like you look forward to opening that book again and reading the rest of it. You know, they're a great platform. They've been around for a long time. They've been our sponsor for a long time. I just think you should check it out. It's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech that gives you a 30-day free trial and you get to keep a book at the end, whether you stay or not. I hope you stick around, but check it out. audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. They have podcasts. They have short-form content as well. It's a great, great platform for books. So audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. I want to thank Audible for being a longtime sponsor. And TK, I want to thank you again for being my uh, second in Orono, because we didn't want to do it last year, but second in-person at Media Tech Summit. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. It, it is, it's an amazing way to continue, the, you know, just hanging out. But even more, the fact that we get a chance to see each other, honestly. Oh, it's nice, it's, right? I, you don't know how much you miss seeing people and hanging out with your friends and buddies that we used to see each other so much. Till you get, you know, so we're, hopefully things keep going and we do have more things and we'll yep. hang out a little bit in uh, Hawaii. We'll, yep. we'll kick it and we'll talk. I also want to thank Eric Fisher of Media Tech for Absolutely. being our guest as yes. well and kind of filling us in on what happened here at the summit. Really good stuff going on. Stay tuned for the more Media Tech content on the podcast very soon before the end of the year. That's it, folks. I'll have another show next week, obviously. So stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.